the Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there, and welcome to the Numinous Podcast, where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. This podcast is a complement to the Numinous School, an online intuition development course for people who want their self-awareness to make a difference in the world. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, and this week my guest is Elena Lipson, and we're talking about coming out of the intuitive closet and divine self-care. I connected with Elena via Skype. She was at her home just outside of Bellingham, Washington. So Elena, tell me about your coming out of the intuitive closet and your journey to that place. What made you decide to be more public about your intuition? Yeah, those are great questions. Um, I feel like I've always had a very highly intuitive, spiritual part of my life. And then there was business. (laughs) There was work. And it was almost like, you know how when you meet someone and all of a sudden you realize you have this thing in common and then you're free to just kind of talk about it. I never saw that as an option at work, truly. Like I know that I was guided by things. I knew that my inspiration came from um, my, my walking, my meditation, my yoga, but I never really like brought it to the workplace, especially since I spent the first you know, 15 years of my work life in the corporate kind of environment. Um, I talked about it freely at home. I talked about it with my friends, but it just never seemed to be like that, I don't know, an opening almost at work. So I just thought it was normal and natural to keep it separate. And over the last, I don't know, probably three to five years, as I started my own business again, and I had a, I had a part, I had a corporate job and then I had a life coaching business on the side, but still it was very corporate base. Like I was coaching people to start their own business. It was very much business plan. And yes, I had them breathe. And yes, I had them walk and do yoga, but it never had that sort of really deep heart-based, I don't know, roots to it. And now the women that I'm working with um, as a life coach and leadership coach, as a, my title in my work is divine self-care mentor. And I chose those words really specifically because as I went deeper and deeper into my own spiritual practice and discipline and learning what those words really meant to me, like discipline. I actually did not like that word at all before. And I went through this long five-month yoga intensive with this group of 20 women and this teacher who was just amazing. And one day we spent the morning talking about the word discipline and how it's, you know, you're a disciple to something. And what does that mean? And what are you honoring? And what are you spending your time, what are you giving your time to? What are you giving your life to? And I, all of a sudden, like I had this chill down my body and I just, I saw it completely differently, like discipline in work, discipline in my body, discipline in my practice was something different. Like it wasn't this thing that I had to do because I should do it. It became like a forward movement and it was very um, deeply rooted at the same time. So I started to explore, well, what does my day look like? What happens when I start my day with meditation? And what, how does that affect my work? And, and so I took everything that I was learning for my, myself and realized it has to be there in my work. And I sort of played around with it, maybe not as overtly as I do now, but I used to just kind of, I would meditate before the call or coaching call, or I would meditate about my ideal clients, or I would, um, 
go for a walk and be in nature. So I was doing it, but I wasn't really doing it with my clients. I was doing it almost for my clients, <laughs> like yeah. just behind the scenes. And then I started um, playing with it a little more. And I, you know, it was kind of out there too. I think the yoga culture and that whole meditation culture and people are really recognizing the words. But when you actually stop with someone and ask them to check in with their body, with their heart before making a business decision, that's a whole different animal. And I really liked it. <laughs> and my clients really liked it. And I started blogging that way. Like I would just sit and just meditate and I would just call in like, okay, what is the message that needs to come through today? And it just started informing my work in this way that really like all of a sudden I went from getting hits and likes and, you know, a pretty good stream of people reading my blog to like, it just went crazy. I would have these viral blog posts. I would have people emailing me, responding to my newsletter and just saying like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I was just thinking that. And this happens, I kid you not, on a daily basis. Like I would be thinking of someone and they call me back and it's all, so now there's like this thread that just interweaves between my work and my spiritual life and my personal life. And it's all this one beautiful cycle instead of separated. What do you think people are most scared of when it comes to talking about their intuition freely. You mentioned that it wasn't something you talked about at work. You were quite segregated and private. What were you afraid of? What do you think your clients are afraid of? I think there's so many good answers to this question. And it made me think of um, a couple of moments when I was a corporate trainer and what the skill set that I brought to the table most often that was recognized was describing things in a way that made sense, was bringing color to things, was creating a feeling. Um, in fact, I took my corporate training team through a meditation once because we were challenged to just create an on-the-spot training and something that you love. And I just decided, I'm going to have these people meditate. Mm -hmm. And I did. And they all loved it. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, they want to feel it, but it's, it's not like I can just sit there and, and talk about intuition and guidance and angels. I can't do that in the corporate environment. And I think in the corporate environment, what I thought the fear was, um, was to not be taken seriously, was that it was all about proof and statistics and sales and numbers and um, ROI, return on investment. And I don't know if intuition really had a slot on that spreadsheet. <laughs> so it just didn't feel like it was the right thing. But what I was doing was really intuitive. Like I was choosing the colors for my designs on my, you know, manuals and I was on my flip charts using all kinds of colors and people loved it. And so I was using my intuitive tools to connect with people. So you can do it, but you couldn't really talk about it, which was what I felt. And that was my own personal, you know, what I brought to it. With my clients, I don't know that there's a fear necessarily. I think it's about I was worried that I would not be taken seriously kind of like that corporate background, like what is the return on investment in intuition? I don't know. <laughs> you can feel it, right? You're in the flow. You're making decisions better. Like there's all these ways to describe it. So for me, I wanted to just like, is it going to be a value? Like how is this going to be valuable? Can I just, you know, coach someone and charge them their, their hard-earned money to coach them on intuition? Like what is that? How do you quantify that? So it was my own personal fear coming from this corporate background. Like how am I going to make this into a business? How do you, how do you, you know, so anyway, so I call myself the self-care mentor, which really when I, when I start working with someone, we stop 
before anything else and define self-care. Like, what does it mean to you? And most of the time, I would say all of the time, it's such a personal experience. And it always comes back to like trusting your body, trusting your mind, trusting your heart, trusting yourself. So there's a sort of fear at play of where is this guidance coming from? So if you can understand, relate to, connect to, that you are guided by something. So there's a whole spiritual process that goes behind intuition. And sometimes I feel like maybe I'll be perceived as religious and there'll be some some kind of um, pushback to that. Maybe I'll be perceived as, I don't know, like a witch or something. I don't know, because I know things about you. You know, I can feel it. I can ask the right question. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe you just asked that. And so there's those kind of fears that come up. And I don't know, you know, I believe in past lives and all those things. And, you know, we just did that past like life regression together for the first time. And that really rocked my world because it validated for me that there's, there's something that comes through you in this lifetime that is bigger than just this body. There's something else coming through. There's lessons we need to learn. There's ideas that are playing out besides our human knowledge, you know? So for me, it's like a really very rich tapestry of a journey so it's not like there was one fear it was almost like a visceral questioning of myself like is this real Mm. is this real (laughs) like and so the more you have the experience the more that I have I just trust above all if I have it if I have the feeling the notion the idea I have to trust doesn't mean that the fear doesn't come up because it does but that's when my self-care and my spiritual practice really helps to center me and like just come back to the middle of like okay Here's how I recenter so I can feel into this. So I'm curious about how important then you mentioned um, you you use intuition for colors for your business, etc. Um, I know I use my pendulum and, and um, mm-hmm. different uh, body centered approaches when I'm setting all my pricing or launch dates or any of that sort of thing. So what kind of techniques and tools do you use most often when you're making business decisions with your intuition? Yeah, that's a great, uh, great question because there's so many amazing tools you can use. First and foremost, I use meditation as a tool to clear the noise because I feel like when we're making these decisions about how to price a course or whether to say yes to some opportunity or do an interview, whatever it might be, I think there's so much noise and shoulds and, oh, you know, look what everyone else is doing and I should price it this way because this person priced it that way. And that's okay. Like you can you can get by doing that. I think you can emulate people's work and and do okay. But my goal for myself is to really hit that sweet spot of feeling like ah, oh, you know, you could just feel it in your body. It feels so good, and I feel like I stand behind this. If you ask me why I priced this course three hundred dollars, I want to say here's why. And you know, I know, and you know, and everyone else knows. It could be priced anything. You have to really believe in what you're doing and sell it in a way that doesn't feel like sales. It feels like an offering. So I want to find that space. So in order to do that, I have my daily practice, which is my meditation. I do my yoga. And for me, I need to clear that stuff out of my body. Like I need to feel like I'm in the flow physically too, to be able to make good decisions. If I'm tired or don't feel good in my body, it's hard for me to focus and make a really solid decision. I feel like I'm reacting from fear instead of, um, I feel present because then, you know, my belief system is that my body and my emotions and my uh, senses are speaking to me and that the divine 
wisdom and divine order comes through my senses. So if I can center my body and I can center my mind and my heart, then I can be present to that guidance. And the second tool I use is that's asking, asking for guidance. So I will get my journal and I will sit and I will clear the space. So I'm working in an orderly area and I ask like, okay, what is the pricing for this course? And then I sort of write it out. I put some numbers down and I literally will close my eyes. And how does that feel in my body and my solar plexus? And I, I try that. I also love the pendulum, which I just started, thanks to you, using more and more in my business. Isn't <laughs> I used it to amazing? use it personally. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, I think, you know, you can think whatever you want about the pendulum. But I think for me, and I know for you, you we've talked about this a little bit, is that it just... It helps you to feel like you are working spiritually, you are working intuitively. I have used the pendulum for a long time in my personal life, and now I'm applying it to my business life. So again, it's that flow of applying what I believe here to here. And so there's congruency. It's not like, oh, if, I'm, if I believe in this here, why am I not using it in my business? That yeah. is so personal. Because my, my business is me now, right? I'm the coach. I, I create the offerings. And so there's this real congruency now. Um, another tool I use is to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, this is one I learned um, years ago. Just I remember reading about Einstein's biography, and then I read this other book talking about some of the most creative minds of the last century and what they all have in common. And this really, several things came to light. But one of the things that really struck me, because it resonated with me, was that they all walked for long distances every single day, mm-hmm. purposefully to create and to call in guidance and to tap into something. So I thought, yeah, I mean, that's what I do. I feel like sometimes if I can't make a decision, I just step away and I go walk. And then I walk and I walk and I walk and I look around and I look at the trees and the birds. And it seems to occupy that part of my mind that's spinning a decision. And then the intuition can come in. And inevitably, I've actually started carrying a pen and a little paper with me I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to remember this when I get home? Like I might just get a word or I might get a sense or I might get a a validation of something or I might get like really overt, like some sort of signal in my environment. But truly it just sort of feels like it bubbles up for myself. Like it clears the cobwebs and it clears the fogginess and the the spinning of my wheels. And I come back with a decision. Yeah, I feel the same thing. Like I started actually just using my um, iTalk app on my phone so oh. when I walk my daughter to school, I'll often be setting an intention. Like I'm completely open to new insights about this topic. And it, I often do this when I'm um, invited to speak and I need to write a speech because, you know, I don't have any canned speeches. They're always, you know, very tailored or, or written specifically for that audience. And so, you know, that's a lot of thinking and a lot of, you know, what's my message. Um, and so I'll walk my daughter to school and set the intention that I'm, I'm open to having, you know, a dialogue with the universe or just new thoughts or new ideas. And usually by the time I'm walking home and it's about a half hour walk, I start to get into quite a detailed conversation with myself. (laughs) So I just have started carrying my phone and I just start having my rants out loud at walking down the street, recording into my phone. <laughs> and I, you know, maybe people think that I'm one of those doofuses that can't get off her phone and I'm always, you know, talking to people or whatever. But actually, it's just a matter of capturing what happens when it's kind of just, yeah, flowing through you. And often it's it's almost like a 
divine download. It's like a transmission. It just comes out and there's the speech fully formed. And by the time I get home, it's like, great, 20 minutes. Okay. And then I just sit down with, you know, post-it notes or whatever. And I listen to it and any sentences that really stand out to me is like, yeah, that's a good one. I write down on a different post-it note. And then, then I start to storyboard it and kind of figure it out. Like, okay, what's my main message here? What's the, the narrative arc? What are some, you know, um, anecdotes I can put in there or whatever. And that's, you know, that's really how I'm working these days. So instead of being really strategic, like, okay, what, what's the thing I want to sell or what am I promoting or what's the message they want me to say and working back from there, I'm really starting at my center and starting in my body. Like you said, just being out in the world, you know, we, I'm fortunate we live in a really, you know, fairly small town and our neighborhood has tons of trees and it's a beautiful walk. Um, but yeah, if I lived near the forest, I'd be in there every day too. So <laughs> I'd like just to sort of, as we bring the conversation to a close, I, I do want to ask you about your women's circles. I know yeah. personally how valuable my circle is that I meet with every two weeks. And I was just joking with them that um, <laughs> I love that it's on my calendar when I can go and just, pardon my French, but lose my shit every two mm -hmm. weeks and mm. just know that I have a chance to sort of cry or rant or mm. feel stuck and they're going to hold space for me and give me some ideas. And then I can get back to work because mm -hmm. I haven't had to keep it together for too long, you know, and, you know, I, I'm a person that has tons of tools and I use them all the time. But since I introduced a women's circle into my life in the last year, I mean, it's just, again, it's deepened and enriched my life in such incredible ways. Now you have a number of circles that you've organized. How did you get those started? Ah, uh, Carmen, I, I love talking about circles because I have, I can cry right now because I have felt so called to create circles all my life. I mean, I look back, even when I was a child, I would gather people just like, you know, collect them in these little spaces and share, like create, I would call them rituals now, but before I would call them, you know, games or ideas or whatever. It just, it was such a strong calling that as I got older, it really played such a huge part in my life. I've always had a very close circle of small friends, maybe like a couple of different circles in different areas of my life. And that's how I, I just thrive in that arena. And when I became a mom, especially, we moved to a new state and I didn't have any family or friends here. And I instantly knew, I'm like, you have to create your tribe. You have to create your tribe. And within months, I had this group of women that we gathered every Thursday. We had our little babies. We did our walks. And I tell you, it saved my life being a young you know, a mom of a little baby that for the first time, and I think, you know, any mom can, can appreciate that. Or even if you're not a mom, if you're in a new place all of a sudden and you're, you feel alone or, you know, I think it's so important to be able to tap into that power of women creating something together. And it's really translated so beautifully into my personal life and my business life. I have two uh, circles that I tap into um, personally. I have one that meets every Thursday night and it's just three of us. And we basically, it's like our breath, you know, like, are we on? Yes, of course we're on. It's on our calendar. And there's times where we don't, maybe a sick child or something like that. But we basically go, we have tea or wine, depending on <laughs> what the feeling is. We have some snack and we just let it all hang out. I mean, sometimes we do talk business 
because we are we all are going through various things in our own life. Um, but mostly we just let it go. We just laugh. We, you know, we cry. Sometimes we try on clothes for each other if we're going somewhere. It's just one of those things that we um, allow ourselves to be fully present. And the other circle that I have meets once a month and we meet, this is the one I created because I just felt called to connect to the cycles of nature somehow. And so I created a new moon circle where we meet and we actually created, I bring um, a mantra to open up with. We all decided we would create essential oils together. So we each bring an essential oil to share and we put it all together. We do this really cool kind of mixing it together, setting an intention. We light candles, we make tea. It's just so beautiful. And we literally, we thought it would be like two hours. We sit there for five hours. (laughs) We don't get home (laughs) until before midnight. And for me, that's kind of, you know, I don't stay out till midnight, but here it's just like time just disappears. We, we cry, we laugh, we talk, we share, we listen to music. We gather in one of our offices. One of my friends has an office downtown and we just, it's a tiny little space. We sit on the floor with pillows and we just, you know, take turns bringing snacks and it's just so divine. We just support each other. We all feel heard and it changes every time. So, you know, usually there's one person that needs to speak or one person that needs to be heard, or sometimes we just laugh and laugh. And sometimes we get into sexuality. It's just, it changes every time. And it's such a like, oh, it's like my oxygen. It's so amazing. That's so great. So, okay. Last question for a person who is new or maybe they've just been, um, under the radar for a while, or they've been hiding under their covers for a while, and they know that they need a circle, or they want to find their tribe, but they're totally feeling isolated right now, what would you say is the first thing they could do? Or, you know, what would you say are three things they could try to call in their tribe? Oh, let's see. I would say, first, become aware of the fact that there is an amazing gift in finding a tribe. And then just be open to however it comes. Like it could be around a creative activity. Like maybe you go take a class or maybe it's a personal tribe or maybe it's like some someone else already has something that exists that you can plug into. I would just say the first step is to really understand that this can be something that connects you to a part of yourself that is ancient. is <laughs> like this ritual where women gather And, you know, and men, I've heard of men's circles that are so powerful, so amazing, and really allow them to just be themselves and like, you know, forget this whole masculine feminine thing, but people need to gather. People are tribal. Like, that's how we are. We've always been that way. And now with, you know, being so separated, we just tapping into that even a little bit can shift everything. So I would say, even if it's a social circle on Facebook or something like that, like maybe it's, um, oh, I don't know, you find a community that loves a certain type of artwork or a music or a band or you start having conversations. I know there's kind of a stigma about online, you know, thing, but there really are some beautiful communities and some amazing tools to find communities locally. So even if you go to your local church or your spiritual center or find a book club, you know, it doesn't have to be a ritual circle around the new moon. It could be a book club. It could be like going for walks and, you know, by the water every day. Like I know we have a running club in our local town. We have, oh my gosh, so many clubs. Yeah. We have every kind of book club you can imagine. Those are circles too. And those, it, it, as long as there's like a ritual to it, there's a consistency to it, there's a flow to it. And you feel just like kind of tap in and see where, you know, where do I want to connect with people? So 
I think there's always a way, maybe even if it's like a pottery class, like you never know where you're going to find your people. So just be open. You never know where you're going to find your people. Well, I'm so glad I found you, Elena, or you found me. So fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Carmen. It's been amazing. Take care. Take care. That was fantastic. And there were two great gems in that show. Just like Elena just said, you never know where you're going to find your people. And the other thing I loved that Elena brought up, it was about the word discipline, being a disciple to something. What are you devoted to? What are you honoring? I love how she shared with us that discipline is both a forward movement, but it's also deeply rooted. That was really beautiful. Today's show notes can be found on my blog at carmenspaniola.com, C-A-R-M-E-N-S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. And that's where you'll also find links to learn more about today's topic and my guest, Elena Lipson, the Divine Self-Care Mentor. I want to thank Elena again for being on the show and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I'd love it if you'd review it on iTunes and please share it far and wide so it can reach other seekers just like you. You never know who really needs to hear it right now. If you'd like to keep exploring the great mystery of life with me, you can go to my website, carmenspaniola.com, and click the link for The Numinous School, my online intuition development course. While you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter. You'll instantly receive a meditation download, and you'll get something free from me every month. Until next time, take care.